Hello and welcome to a special episode of Saladcast with myself, Ollie Warner and Glyn Price. Hi, Glyn. Hi, Ollie. So, we have a very special ad- episode of Saladcast um, with the news that uh, Mickey Mellon um, has gone. So, um, yeah, um, we'll discuss um, kind of a bit about Mickey's time at the club um, and maybe his legacy um, and, yeah, kind of just get your uh, opinion as well, Glyn, on, on him moving on now. Yeah, sure. It's been a bit of a busy day, hasn't it? Because obviously we've been dealing with Mickey Mellon leaving the club, but also Mike Jackson and some discussion about who we might be bringing in and the way the club's heading forward and, and all the sort of elements that go around a manager leaving. So, um, yeah, there's certainly some good things to reflect on under Mickey's time and obviously some, some poorer things as well. And I think it might just be nice to sort of start thinking about what his legacy might be as Shrewsbury fans. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a bit of a chat about it. It's been quite an exciting day. And here come the home side. The last chance, surely. It is Vernon on the left. There are bodies in the box. It is Scott Vernon driving towards the goal. He's still going and he's in there. It's there. They have won it with the last kick of the game. And Shrewsbury score through Grimmer. So, as we said, it's been an exciting day at the Meadow where Mickey Mellon has uh, left the football club as of about lunchtime. Um, and he's taken Mike Jackson with him. Obviously, it's not been completely confirmed quite yet to uh, recording this on the, the night after the sort of changes happened. Um, that, that where they're going, but everyone is assuming they're going to Tranmere. Obviously, we've had permission to talk to them, so obviously that deal's got behind out. I suppose it'll be announced in the morning. And yeah, so Danny Coyne is going to be taking the club over for the game against Bradford, which is another sort of interesting thing to have a look at. But yeah, you've been talking about it for the last sort of three or four episodes, haven't we, Ollie? And, and Mickey's gone. What are your first thoughts on, on Mickey going and, and, and your feelings on it? Um, I think... I think it's it's kind of in some ways it's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit kind of mixed emotion. So kind of sad that he's gone because you know we did have some good times under Mickey Mellon and yeah, he was quite an interesting character and he seemed like a nice chap. Um, but in terms of how frustrated we've been and how we've been going like this for every year, the terrible home record that we have, I think it's a great opportunity, an opportunity for the club to kind of reset itself um, and yeah. yeah, kind of the season almost restarts. Yeah, I saw someone said online today, it's like the season starts now sort of thing, which is maybe a bit harsh, actually. But I think, I mean, the refle- our reflection is that we've been saying, that, you know, in general, fans wanted Mickey to move on. And, and this move seems like the best for all parties, doesn't it? Where he's going to end up at a club that obviously he's a bit of a legend at. We're going to get a chance to get a new manager in quite early on in the season with a lot of football to be played. And, and we can obviously think about the way we're going and hopefully get someone with a bit of pedigree. Um, so it kind of works for everyone. It also works that it seems like no one's really had to exchange any money. We haven't really had to pay him off by the sounds of it because it's mutual and, and obviously he can then go to Tramier and they haven't got to pay any money for his services to us. So it kind of seems like a, a you know that whole thing seems like a good deal, doesn't it, to all the football clubs involved in this? Yeah, no, it does. Um, I guess one thing though, interesting. I was having a quick chat with my girlfriend and um, and my kind of thoughts was, and she just kind of shared this opinion as well, is that. It's almost like he's got away with it. Almost like I think, in some ways, his performance has been so poor that he kind of deserved to get sacked. I don't know. Does that seem a bit harsh? But yeah, I suppose it does. But football's football, isn't it? You know. Yeah. For all we know, he could have been had the job at Tranmere lined up since Braben went, and it's just been a sort of long, slow negotiation of how he got that mutual, you know, deal. Who knows? We don't know, do we? We never will find out. But maybe, maybe you're right. But on the flip side, it, it's not like Mickey Mellon didn't do other good things at the football club. And I think it's, no, definitely. we've probably found it ourselves quite hard to spot those good things and remind ourselves back to the promotion season. And, um, you know, we'll get on to that later on. But for me, yeah, it's um, it's, pro- it's probably the right time, the right move. And I've just been listening to Radio Shropshire. They had a sort of a one-hour call-in thing that they normally do, Ollie. And uh, I think that was the vibe on there, really, was, you know, it was a lot of, you know, happiness that we're going to be able to sort of get our season track on back hopefully and and and, and get a new manager in but also tinge with a bit of sadness with some of the good things he's done as well so I think that's a that's a fair reflection of what people must be feeling tonight yeah no definitely I think he's definitely you know the promotion season was a fantastic season and we thought he was the best thing since sliced bread when he came in and 17 new players um, nearly won the league um, with Burton just bipped us so yeah but I think yeah and kind of as we've been saying on the podcast the last few weeks um, he has been yeah on tight rope. The results haven't been good enough. The results at home have been poor for over a year. So um, so yeah, so nice bloke. Good luck to him. I'm sure we'll see him. I'm sure he'll be back at Shrewsbury um, in some guys at some point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess and I guess kind of yeah, saying about how he um, how he left. Yeah, taking a step back and thinking about it in terms of monetary and and how it works out for the club. Yeah, it's obviously great if we haven't had to pay him off. Um, yeah. And obviously. 
the I guess we kind of yeah without looking too far ahead we can talk about managers but yeah obviously not going to the change is not going to cost us so that's obviously a positive. Yeah, I think we come to why he lost his job. Obviously, you know we've talked about the many reasons as, as fans and, and and entertainment and results and you know that the style of play and it was interesting listening to Brian Cardwell's sort of um, thing he did to the press today, sort of intimating that. It is actually, at the end of the day, the, the football club realising and the chief executive and the board realise that football is a results business. And so there's, there's there's no doubt that that's part of the reason why they've come to this mutual agreement. It's not the Tranmere jobs there and, and that's it. It is still the football club saying, you know, unfortunately, Mickey, despite all of your good work and, and stuff and, and the last few months and the results have just not been good enough. And that's, that is the fundamental crux as to why he's leaving, whether it's a sacking or a mutual thing. You know, I, I'm not too fussed either way. To me, they're both very similar things. At the end of the day, it's it's a, a parting of ways has occurred because of poor form, essentially. Yeah, poor form, and doesn't feel like they were making any any progress, were we? We no. were just he was in a, a bit of a slump, very inconsistent. Um, yeah. One thing I did see online that created a bit of debate um, online was that some people were saying that the fans got him sacked. What's your view on that? No, no, I don't. I can't believe that in the slightest. I think the fans and then how we've been feeling and how we've been expressing things and how it's been expressed at the ground obviously plays a part in the board making a decision. But you know, it's not like the fans' reaction was to us being a mid-table team and playing quite well and entertaining and and being over overly expectational. You know, at the end of the day, the fans were reacting to the poor form, and the poor form is the reason that Mickey Mellon's lost his job or has moved on. So I, I can't, I can't have that. I'm, I don't agree with that at all, to be honest with you. Uh, but, yeah. you know, I, I did see the same thing you did. I mean, there we go. I just was going to quickly go on to talk about, you know, I've talked about this in the podcast a few times, but I've obviously had the chance to meet Mickey Mellon a couple of times and spent an hour in his company. And I would say, you know, like most people have been saying, I found him a nice bloke. Um, he was definitely passionate about football and, and actually passionate about the football club. I've said that before. Um, for me, I just want to take a couple of minutes just to, to thank him for one personal thing, which was obviously we had... Um, a few well-known Shrewsbury fans pass away, didn't we, in the promotion season in the run-up to, to when we got promoted. Um, and I have to say, Mickey Mellon was exceptional in the way he led the club in terms of the grief that certain people were feeling. And obviously, one of my very close friends passed away during that time. And so, uh, despite how much negativity I've given Mickey Mellon for his football manager skills and stuff, I will just say I'd like to thank him for the way that he dealt with all that. And I know that a lot of the families that were involved at the time at the football club would also want to pass on their best in terms of the... Of the the things he did for them and some of the some of the sort of comfort he he gave people because I honestly can't express how, how good that was as a manager of a football club. So that that was just one thing I wanted to say, Ali, and I think that's a fair thing to say right at the top here because we've got to recognise the good and the bad of anyone really when they move on from this football club. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think he was um, a kind, uh, very much a kind of modern day football manager, wasn't he? He's, um, and he seemed like a really decent chap. So yeah, the work in the community and the, yeah, the way he handled um, yeah the um, the sad passings that we had um, at the end of the League Two season. Um, mm. And obviously, you were personally affected by that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, he, he was he was good. And it's just a shame, isn't it? Because that's almost the kind of the main feeling isn't it? it's just a shame because he did do mm. a good job for us and we know he did have some good times but it just wasn't going it just wasn't going his way and he had a couple of transfer windows to try and fix it and it didn't quite come off but um but yeah I think I think he'll be remembered fondly for the league two season and some of the um, the work he's done at the club but um yeah as you said it's results business yep and um yeah that's, yeah. that's where we are. So I think we're, we're all agreed he's going to be leaving as a as a, as a reasonably well liked man. That's you know going to be welcome back at the football club. He's not like some of the other people who have left and we <laughs> we happily would never have seen again. So that's a good good thing for him. But we'll come on to talk about legacy in a little bit. Um, I know that's yeah, we could talk about. But let's just before we move on to Shrewsbury again. What do you think the Tranmere job is going to mean to him, and what what sort of things do you expect him to achieve there? Just whilst, whilst we're talking about Tranmere, really. Um. Yeah. It's. I think it's going to be obviously an interesting one for him being close to his family and he's obviously um, obviously played there as well. So I think it's obviously a club that's close to his heart. Um, Maybe his lifestyle and work balance and stuff will be better for him. Um, I think it's going to be a tough job for him to get Tramir out of um, of the National Conference. I'm not sure how Uh good their team is. Um, Yeah, it's going to be tough. But he's done it before, hasn't he? He's got out of um, the conference before. So yeah, it might be... A good opportunity for him to go there, and some people might question why he's gone down two divisions. Um, I guess you could argue that um, we could be in the same division as him next year. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah let's not say that. Yeah, but it could happen. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's a good opportunity for him to go to a club closer to home, um, and yeah, wish him all the best. 
Yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because obviously the, the one one player that might be affected by all this whose head will be spinning the most is Ethan Jones because his new manager is his, his old manager. <laughs> so he's going to have a few few weeks or months playing under Mickey Mellon again now. So you wonder wonder whether Mickey's going to give him more of a, of a run for our football club and, and sort of bring him on. It's going to be an interesting one, that isn't what happens to Ethan Jones. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting for him. Um, yeah, he, on Mickey Mellon, I think, rated him and I think that's where he kind of almost put him out to a club, obviously, that he cares about. Um, mm. So maybe that's a bit of insight there in terms of the, or, or maybe this was his plan all along. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit of a long-term plan if that was the case, wasn't it? So, yeah. Um, there we go. We'll, but, we'll, we'll come on to talking about um, Jackson in a little bit as well because obviously yeah. he's gone as well. But I think we we just sort of had a, banged our heads together a little bit, didn't we, and sort of come up with our sort of top five, top five Mickey Mellon moments and our worst Mickey Mellon moments. So do you want to, do you want to just sort of Go through the sort of top five that we've got, and and well, yeah, let's go six, through. Actually. Yeah, let's just let's bounce through and let's just kind of yeah work our way through. And so I'll do the first one. So yeah, promotion at Cheltenham, which was a um, a great day out. Um, I don't on that day. I remember getting the train down with my mate, and we had quite a few beers, and yeah, a great atmosphere. A bit nerve wracking, but yeah, that was a great day. That was it. Was a cracking day, wasn't it? You know, when you look back at your time as a football fan, you know, coming up to 20, 24, 25 years, whatever it is. Um, following Shrewsbury, that's up there in the top 10, 15 you know, yeah. day, days we've had. You know, the whole game was brilliant. You know, the result, the, the culmination of a season's hard work with a team we really believed in. That you know, let's be fair to Mickey, get he really did give us that team to believe in in the first season. And the things we just talked about, yeah, with all the emotion that came into the game. And I, I have to say, you know, it was a very I found that a very emotional day for, for lots of reasons. But um, that that day will live with me for a long time, and and you know things like I met an old friend I hadn't seen for sort of twenty years beforehand. Oh, well, sort of five years I've known him for a long time, but um, yeah, things like that just stick with you, don't you? And I think for me, of all the things we'll run through here, that was my crystallising Mickey Mellon moment for that first you know wonderful season that we had. So that's definitely top of the, top of the good things, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that yeah, the Cheltenham's kind of like yeah, the um, the cherry on top of the, that League Two season, and yeah, just I think everyone was down in the dumps, weren't they, when he came in? He was a bit of breath fresh air. He was honest about his approach of how he was yeah. going to sign players. That we were signing players left, right, and centre, um, and yeah, it was a it was a really exciting time, and um, yeah, so that was yeah. good. That was a during, good one. Obviously, during that season was one of our other moments, which was beating Portsmouth away two 0 Yeah, Bobby Grant scored both goals. I mean, that was. Another signpost on the way to promotion, wasn't it? That you know we weren't going to be, um, you know, worried about playing these ex-premiership teams. You know, with you still had good players and still had you know good support behind them. And we went down there and probably put on what I think is probably one of the most impressive away performances we've had for for a very long time in terms of the, the sort of calibre of opposition and the nature of the result and the pressure that was on it, considering our, our run before that. So I, I definitely put that up as probably you know that maybe that was the best away win we had under Mickey Mellon. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a really good performance. Go to going to beat in Portsmouth and yeah, good old Bobby Grant was who obviously just kind of epitomised kind of uh, Mickey Mellon, you know, bringing players in and getting them going straight away. And yeah, he did get players. He did bring players in and they had an impact straight away. Yeah, um, which was kind of like was kind of um, a big um, how do I put it. Yeah, it was a big impact, wasn't it? It was a big tell mm. in that 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 season that um, he made able to get time players and they had an impact straight away. Yeah, um, no, so it certainly worked that yeah. way, didn't it? Yeah, my highlight, I think, has got to be the Chelsea game. Yeah, like I was so nervous when the game started. Like I've never been that nervous at a football game in my life. I just <laughs> was like looking at the team, I seeing you know seeing the Chelsea players, and I was just thinking it's on um, it's on TV and all that, and I was just thinking this could be really embarrassing. And we held our own. We held our own. We really held our own. And that's one of the thing. That's one of the most proudest moments I've had as a Shrewsbury fan in terms of being really proud in terms of Mickey Mellon handling himself in front of the media. And then yeah, when um, when we scored that goal, it, oh my god, unbelievable! Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I was, and we always. I mean, we noticed we put little bits of commentary into these podcasts, and that's one of them, isn't it? When Mangan scores a goal, and every time you hear that, it always just puts a smile on your face. You know, to, to yeah. have gone level with that Chelsea team and. And we played well in that game, didn't we? You know, there's no one can tell me that we didn't play well in that game. And we were just, even when we, the own goal went in, when Grando scored that own goal, I think we were just, we were just as likely to win that game then as Chelsea were. And to, to have got into that position against one of the most expensive clubs, you know, in terms of transfers and stuff, one of the biggest clubs in the world, yeah, that was unbelievable. Biggest manager, yeah, or possibly and, the biggest manager in the world at the time. Yeah, and we got the extra fans in with the corners filled out, and the atmosphere was cracking. It was probably one of the best. You know, one of the best atmospheres we had at the new ground, wasn't it? That could you know make you see what it could be in the future one day, maybe. So, you know, that game was amazing. I agree with you. Like yeah, that. it was Come good. 
and it has to say probably the worst celebration ever <laughs> and he just kind of just like falls over on his ass but yeah, uh, yeah no, that was a good memory yeah, yeah, yeah was good. it was a good memory I think a lot of the other the other two of the five memories we came up with were both cup games as well weren't they and it's, it's hard yeah. to split the other two really whether it's the, the away win at um, Leicester City which was cracking Andy Mangan again obviously playing a big part of that or the, the home cup game which one which one do you think was probably the better of the two results there um I think in I think in terms of kind of like sheer joy, the Sheffield you know Sheffield Wednesday result, yeah, especially yeah. as what what on earth was Jack Grimmer doing? <laughs> what was he doing? Got to be there to score. But then I think in terms of context of time, looking back now that that Leicester team went on to win the league um, in the Premier League, that's pretty impressive. And um, yeah, it was a it was a big kind of statement, wasn't it? That result. Yeah, no, they're, they're both really good results. I think I probably would agree with you with those two. The, any any game you win in the last minute, particularly a massive cup game when you know you've got you know from, you know going forward to the next um, round and against Sheffield Wednesday, you're also a pretty good team at the time. That the whole thing around that you know to score four goals was amazing for a start, wasn't it? So yeah, th- that whole game was amazing. And, and Leicester away, I was there as well. I've done a few were, but there was just something about that night. It was it just felt like it was going to happen. We were, we were obviously going into that game with confidence because of our cup runs before, and it just felt like one of those nights. And when Mangan scored, I just. I just thought we were going to be fine. And they had a lot of chances, but um, it was cracking atmosphere at the end as well. I remember celebrating like a lunatic. Yeah, no, it's a good one. So, yeah, that was that was, that was was kind of the positives. Yeah, that was uh, the five sort of crystallising <laughs> moments that we came up with. But, yeah, go on. Yeah, so now we'll kind of talk about, like, the worst five kind of moments or so. <laughs> but I think probably... Um, Probably, I think the, the kind of one to highlight first before we come on to the biggest one, which we've mentioned quite a few times, I think it's just yeah. kind of the home form. I think if you kind of bucket the home form as like a general feeling of depression, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think home it's, games. it's fair to say that it's you know you could pick one or two or three or four of those home defeats we had in the last year or so, which were against teams that were not exactly world beaters, and we just capitulated really, and 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 wasn't entertaining and played that style of football that we were sort of being dragged down to that just wasn't fun so yeah the worst moments I think is more of a moment it's a long period of time was that home four and that's what's done for Mellon in the end as we've been talking about so yeah that was certainly the the worst thing but I I would say the other one that we picked up and I think of all of those home defeats um, I personally thought that when we lost at home to Oldham um, towards the end of last season 1-0 just before we slightly turned things around and and sort of saved ourselves that was that was about as depressing as a home loss as you could ever come across because I don't know if you did you go to that game Ronnie? Um, no, I wasn't no. one. It was like it was like they had about forty chances in the game. I'm being slightly exaggerating, but they were awful. They were down the bottom with us, and we had a strong, strongest, our strongest squad out. They had loads of injuries, and they absolutely battered us. And it was a lucky one nil in some respects. But I remember that being sort of if we're going to crystallise that home form into one game. That was certainly the worst one I can remember. Can't think of many worse. Yeah, I think one of the ones that um, kind of stands out in my memory of um, home defeats is the five one to Wigan. Oh yeah, that was bad as well. And it was bad in terms of well, Wigan were fantastic, but for me it was quite not so much the like, not so much the performance, but just kind of showed how far away we were from yeah. a, a top league one side. And it, yeah, Wigan were a good team, and they had arguably some championship players in their side. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a really we just got we could have been more, kind of it could have been seven or eight, and they just absolutely played us off the park, and it was just a bit embarrassing. Yeah, I think that's definitely one fair one to add to the list as well of those worst worst games and worst moments. So, um, yeah, that's fair enough. The other two we had were, were away losses. Obviously, the first one was yeah. the one that we've talked about for for a few podcasts here and there was the the seven one loss at uh, Chesterfield, where I think back then had we been doing the podcast, we probably would have been calling for Bellin to go then, wouldn't we? Because it was just it seemed that there was no way forward, and and it was remarkable how he kept his job really after that game, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it is remarkable how he kept his job. I think and. I think that um, for me, that game, um, the Chesterfield seven-one, is um, has kind of almost like damaged his foundations in the club. It did. And yeah. I think. I think, and he did. I think well, one thing I would say about the fans, obviously, the fans did get behind him, and I think he did have a bit of a fresh start this season. I think if we yeah. picked up a few results, I think everyone would have been on his side. But I've never ever left a game early in my life. I'm one of these people that you know. Net will make sure I see the first second and will always stay to the end. And that's the first time in my life I've ever left a game early. And I left a game early when it was five. Yeah, it was five. And I heard <laughs> um, them score the sixth as I walked across the car park. I got in my car to drive home. Um, and and then I heard on the radio um, that we conceded again. And I was just like, 
what the hell is going on? It was it was the most embarrassing performance I've ever seen from a Shrewsbury team. Yeah. It's absolutely diabolical. It's the most embarrassing every... performance you've ever seen. You didn't even see the last two goals, Ollie. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how you stayed. I've never left early. I'm not that kind. I've always stayed to the end, but I just couldn't. I was like, what am I doing here? I just kind of, yeah, just. Yeah. It was around Christmas time, wasn't it? So I just thought, I'm going. It was. Here. You weren't the only one that left early. Honestly, loads of people left at six. And then when it got to seven, most of the stand emptied. But I always like to stay to the end and just go, I'm a boo, Ollie. I've told you that before. I, but I agree. But I agree. Not, not many Shoesby fans do leave. All right. Bloody Shoesby fans leave early every week when we're at home because they have to go. And, but not away. But not away. But, you know, I've only ever left an away game once early. And that was when we got relegated. We were playing one of the last games away at Hartlepool and we got relegated to the conference. But, um, you know, that's a slightly different matter. But, yeah, it's um, it's not good to leave early. And that was crystallising. So, yeah, that was definitely... For me, one of the worst, you know, it was the worst performance in terms of a whole game. Um, I also put Char- losing 3-0 to Charlton down this season for one of the top five moments, which seems a bit strange. But at the start of the season, you would have thought that wasn't too bad. You would have expected us to lose 3-0 to Charlton. But when you look at where they are in the league and how poor they've been, you know, they were, they're probably one of our relegation rivals and they absolutely creamed us at, at their place. So I think that was a fairly, that was maybe the, the result that did show what Mellon was saying about us being closer to these League One teams it wasn't quite necessarily true in, in every game. And, and, you know, we did lose 3-0, which is... Pretty poor, isn't it? So I thought that was a yeah, bad one. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I thought that game, in context, I thought Charlton were a good side and they, I thought they were a really good team and I thought they were going to do really well. But when you look back at it now, you know, defensive we were poor, conceding from a set piece. Um, Luke Viler um, made a mistake from like, conceding from a corner, and we were kind of—I think we were actually quite defensive of the team yeah. at that point. Um, but yeah, in hindsight, it looks kind of shows, um, yeah, the right was on the wall almost, isn't it? Yeah, it was more. It's more just to sort of crystallise that the moment really was the start of the season. Obviously, the fact that we've been pretty bad and hardly won. So it's more just one one game off the start of the season, which was probably the worst. So, yeah, there we go. We've, we've sort of given everyone some good memories and some bad memories there in terms of, of Mickey Mellon, and you know, hopefully it balances it up. But um, I think we were going to go on to talk about you know any manager that leaves the football club obviously leaves a bit of a legacy, don't they? You know, there's obviously always normally a good legacy there. And you've just written down sort of four things, didn't you, Ollie, that yeah. you quickly ever think about, which I, I don't, you know, I don't disagree with actually reading these now. So do you want to just run through the, the four things you think there's a legacy for? Yeah, so I think one of the things obviously came in and he's um, changed the scouting structure is um, we were made aware that there wasn't really a structure in place before and no, he's kind of no, put that in. And there was also the performance um, analysis as well. So he's kind of modernised um, the scouting structure. Yeah, um, no, I agree. I, I think he's got to take a lot of credit for um, getting the club to invest in a training ground. Um, some fans don't really agree in the need for a training ground, but I think it's really important um, part of a structure of a club. Yeah. Um, to have a bit of an identity, have a base, managers have an area where they can work. Um, and also this, the team, you know, they meet at the same place and have a bit of a home. Um, so I think the training ground is a good one. Yeah, it gets it gets the team, it gets the players out of the football club, which obviously gives them a bit of breathing space, and it then becomes the place they go to do their work on a Saturday or a Tuesday night. They're not just hanging around there all the time, and it becomes a bit you know same samey samey sort of thing. So I I think having them out of town, up the training ground, away from everyone, focusing on their training is going to be incredibly important. And hopefully the modular buildings that arrived last week are put together and you know cleaned up and and made to look like something proper professional, so that. When we are getting players to come and think about this football club under the new manager, whoever that will be, you know they can come down and, and show them a professional outlook and a professional setup that's going to make players choose us over maybe some of the other local teams. So yeah, I certainly think pushing for a new training ground was, was a good idea and, and something that we'll benefit from in the future. Um, I think um, just to one part on there, just for kind of a little bit of a, a bit of a um, just a, a funny one is that obviously the smaller pitch. That's one of his <laughs> legacies. That is now, not not necessarily a good thing. We'll have to wait and see. Well, <laughs> yeah, I I um I kind of side with the club a little bit. This one, the club have come out quite a few times and said that no, we've, the pitch size is just the same as everyone else now. Yeah. Um, so if they, I have to take their word for that. So I, I believe them on that one. Um, yeah, the proof's in the pudding, isn't it? Really, I suppose it's it, yeah. But, um, it, it, it does it does make it seem a lot narrower when we're sitting there and watched it for the last seven or eight years. It'll probably take us a bit longer to get used to it than than that. But yeah, it's definitely a legacy because it's something he one hundred percent wanted. It wasn't the football club. It was I'm, I talked to Mickey Mellon saying in that one little interview I had with him, and he was one hundred percent sure. He told me back like before the end of the last season, like with six games to go, that the pitch would be smaller next season. So it was obviously something he'd identified a long way back. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And I guess kind of the again, and I guess the kind of the, the fourth one I put was the squad. Now, obviously. The squad isn't doing very well at the moment, but we are three points off mid-table, so you know it's we can still turn it around quite easily. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I guess the kind of the quality of the squad is going to be um, 
tested with a new manager and where Correct. we end up at the end of the season. If obviously unless the manager makes a lot of changes, but I th- I'm hope I'm hoping. We thought at the start of the season we were quite pleased that we signed lots of League One players. Yeah, let's. I hope that they're a good team. What about you? Do you think? Do you think they're a good League One squad? It's it's funny before before the podcast started recording, we we were just quickly sort of joking with each other, and you were like, "What we're gonna What we're gonna talk about now?" And I was like, "Well, you know, a new manager is gonna come in and he's gonna get that honeymoon period, probably all the way to the end of the season. No one's really gonna be that critical unless we were totally rubbish." But the squad now actually become under more pressure themselves, the players, don't they? You know, because that's our focus now. If we're not continually getting better, we're going to have to really, really start investigating the players and being a lot more critical about them. Now, do I think Mickey Manners left us with a good enough squad to stay up? Personally, I do at this moment in time. But um, it's it's come to the point now where you know, a new manager comes in and they've got to start showing us that these are these League One ready players and that they can, you know, easily stay up in this division because, it, you know, we're not relegated. We're not sacking a manager in, you know, February of next year, when we haven't really got much time to turn it around, we have plenty of time, plenty of plenty of time not to panic and, and get ourselves relegated and, and turn it around. So pressure's on the players now, if you ask me. Yeah, no, the pressure is definitely on, the pressure's on the players, and um, you know me, I'm a little bit obsessed with tactics. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how um, the new manager um, uses the players and utilizes them, and mm. yeah, it'd be really interesting to see. Um, the new manager, what his team will be over the first few weeks, um, and what he, who he thinks is the best players. So yeah, it's yeah. gonna be quite interesting. I think the last legacy, Ollie, we didn't put on this list, but um, it's something I've heard a lot of people talk about, and I probably agree with, is um, how he's also helped the community team take things forward and his work in the community. And you know, a lot of the work's been done by Jamie Edge and the community team and with the support of the football club, but it doesn't really work, and they couldn't have really kicked on as much as they had done if they hadn't had the buy-in from the manager and a manager that, by all accounts, got the players engaged and made sure they went and did the community-related activities and and. You know that's going to start paying off over the years. Hopefully, we're going to you know have a better, better reputation in the in the local town, which has probably been diminished over the years. We're going to have um, the junior blues getting bigger and bigger now, which is part of the community team. So, I, I do think that that that's another thing that we can put down as legacy, which is you know helping get that that community team out of the football club to a, to a sort of better place really, and, and out in the out in the community doing better things. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think that's almost the. Mickey Menon was a great football manager. Just a shame about the results on the pitch. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. Being a senior assistant, he was good at that. And he definitely, yeah, you remember, I forgot about that actually. I remember at the start, he was saying how it was really important for him to get the players, you know, have take responsibility. Mm. And um, yeah, no, he's he's quite a principal man. So no, that was um, that was good. He was a principal man, which I mean, we could go back to the reasons why he lost his job. But for me, again, coming in at the start and, and giving us that first season, a squad we can believe in and, and said all those positives about it, it just... It started to lose its way as soon as we we got into that first season in League One. It probably started to lose its way when we just completely scrapped everything and started again. And that just, even then, the first little signs of worries about Mickey Mellon would start to creep in and think, you know, what, what's going on here? Why have we not sort of given these lads another go? So, I don't know. Anyway, that's just a bit of an aside. I, I always thought yeah. that, looking back. Yeah, just one thought as well. It'd be interesting to, um, obviously, to... You don't normally find out, especially at League One level. I wonder, how, I wonder what the squad and what the players are thinking. So yeah. I wonder how they're going to react. Uh, well, El Abd, sorry, I saw an interview with El Abd today and he, he's basically going along the lines of he enjoyed working with Mickey Mellon, he's a good man, I'm going to miss him and we want to win on Saturday and we want to win for Mickey. So that, that's quite interesting to come from the captain and, and I think that you know we can never 100% know. I don't think that they stopped playing for him. We never reached that point where we were saying that, did we, in, in, in you know clear terms. And they obviously did respect him and I guess like everyone else, they're just a bit upset and, and I think he described it as a shock when he found out Mellon had gone. So obviously... You know, there was that respect, and there was there was there was that there. There's, there's other rumours I've heard where some players weren't enjoying it quite as much, but you probably get that at all football clubs when you're not playing every week. Yeah, so, exactly. um, I think there was probably a, a, a reasonable amount of respect left for Mickey Mellon in the squad, and I don't think he probably left under on dark cloud to too many players either, really. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Mm. I guess talking okay. of dark clouds, yes. um, there's always been a bit of a cloud around Jackson, hasn't there? Yes, and he's gone today as well, hasn't he? Uh, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? He was with us. Did you see the thing today? He signed for us on the same day we signed Grant Holt initially, which is quite really? a long time I, ago. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Yeah, I've, I, if I'm honest, the only thing I've been able to do today is keep an eye on Twitter and Facebook in between no. meetings and stuff. So I haven't really had the chance to read much. Yeah, yeah, eight, eight and a bit years ago, I think it was. And so that's you know we have not had many. That's a long people. time. Yeah, we've not had many people working at a football club for that period of time. Now, I, I was as critical of Mike Jackson when he took over to manage Shrewsbury Town Football Club and what went on during that period, right? I, I can't say I give him any credit for when he was caretaker manager at the club. I don't think he, he had much to work with, but I don't think he did anything to help our position. And he was culpable for getting us relegated, you know, not 100%. Obviously, a lot of that fell to the players and fell to Graham Turner, but he was a part of that. Now, as a coach, 
it is incredibly difficult for me or you to sit here and really judge what he's like as a coach because we've been told that he, he coached all elements of the game. He didn't just focus on defence, so we can't really say, well, if we let lo loads of goals and it was his fault. So it's a bit of a tricky one for us to be really, really too scathing on Mike Jackson, I guess. I don't I don't know what you think about that. I mean, I'm glad he's gone, and, and that sounds harsh, but I just think if we're sweeping the decks clear, then Jackson had to go as well as Mickey. That's that's what I feel, really. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I think I've never heard of a coach of a club being criticised by mm. fans so much. You know, if, if he'd come out and he'd made sexist or racist remarks, then yeah, fair enough. But he hadn't, to be clear. Mm. He hadn't done anything like that. Um, he was just a coach in the club. And yeah, he got a lot of stick for when he was caretaker manager. That's what it um, boiled down to, yeah. Which is, yeah, but I think, but you can't, but I don't think it's fair to um, reflect on his time as a manager with a terrible squad, which you never know. You know, Alex Ferguson might not be able to team, turn that team around. It was a pretty poor side. Um, mm. But you don't know how good he is a coach. You know, so I think being a coach and a manager is two completely different roles. Um, and yeah, we don't know how good a coach he was. No. Um, we probably would never know. But um, but yeah, I think in terms of him moving on, I think he had to go. Um, yeah, it's I interesting. Don't think... he's, interesting. He's gone with um, Mickey as well. Has he gone obviously... with him though? Well, Has he definitely that... gone with him. It, that's is it a rumor? The... Well, Mickey's not signed a contract with Tramier, has he? So we don't know whether Mickey's actually going to Tramier. But the, the strong rumour is that he will go with Mickey to Tramier, which is interesting because there was also... The other thing that Jackson suffered from was quite a lot of maybe rumours that became fact, if that's a fair thing to say. Like, it's always been rumoured that he was, you know, the, the, the chairman's chosen one, which could well be true. You know, we don't 100% know that. But, you know, it's also rumoured that he, did, he would fall out with players. It was also rumoured that him and Mickey didn't get on very well. So... It, him, if he does end up with Mickey at Tranmere, and I know he's ex-Tranmere as well, is quite interesting. It kind of maybe does start make, start to make you think about what Mike Jackson was really like at the football club. You know, we've seen him being combustible, like we saw away at Barry Ollie, where it all kicked off and he was in the middle of it. And there's been a few other occasions yeah. where he's been a little bit aggressive and he got, you know, a bit angry when he was actually caretaker manager and he kicked a bucket that one time. And But, is you know, there's a fine line between passion and anger and losing control, isn't there? So... It's it's a bit of a mixed bag, isn't it, of what people think about Mike Jackson. Some people have got a million times tons of respect for him. And, and one of the, the guys I know through the sports parliament who works at the football club, Martin James, um, I saw a thing that he put on, on Facebook about Jackson leaving as well, because not many people have talked about Jackson leaving other than, oh, glad he's gone. But he said, you know, he was one of the hardest working, most professional people in football that he'd known whilst he was in the game. So, you know, there, there is some positives to be talked about Jackson as well. And we shouldn't just be slagging people off because they've left the football club. We should be fair and reflect both sides of the work they've done for us. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, who's one of the highest rated um, defenders outside of the Premier League? Connor Goldson. Yeah. And I think if anyone's going to have a, had an influence in him looking at the squad, OK, we we've, we've know that he wasn't a defensive coach, but I'm sure he must have worked on um, Connor Goldson's positioning and um, and, his, and, him, and I'm sure it'd be interesting to find out from Connor Goldson what his view is on there. But um, yeah, I think he's got a, you know, Credit is where it's due. He must have had some impact on Conor Goldson's yeah, development and Don he, Smith he was, as well. So yeah, so he'd have had an impact on all the players that have come through, really, and you know, bringing them through as young lads. It might not have been what the lads wanted at a certain time. He might have been a bit more aggressive than young lads wanted, but maybe it gets methods. We'll, we'll have to find out. I'm sure he's, yeah. he's only young. So is Mickey Mellon and Jackson are still young. You know, they've probably got a good twenty years in the game left, and you know, both of them could end up being football managers at a high at, at this level or League Two or conference or something so I'd, I'd like to you know you'll always watch their careers and see how it goes won't you but um, maybe one day he'll be back to manage us if the chairman's still yeah. around it might happen but that, it's quite interesting what you said about Conor Goldson he was he, he put on Twitter that he thought it was quite sad that Mickey had moved on and that he'd done a lot for him in his career so you know that's just another side of it that the players looking back on things so let's draw a line then under Mickey Mellon and Jackson. They've left. They've left Shrewsbury and they've driven north, um, somewhere. which obviously leaves <laughs> driven north somewhere. So yeah, maybe they're having a, a harvester or something tonight, talking about <laughs> their time at um, Shrewsbury Town. But um, uh, yeah. yeah, so so yeah, so I don't know. Let let's maybe before we talk about like um, Danny and Danny Coyle, maybe we should talk about. I don't know. I'm quite really keen to get your thoughts on on the board because. Attention does need to kind of go towards the board. I don't know. There hasn't been much discussion about it online. No, but you've put it on the agenda, and I've, no, I thought you were right to put there. And it's a picking the new manager. Um, obviously, doing the finances and managing the commercial side of the club is obviously very important for Brian as uh, as an employee of the club, and obviously um, the board. Mm. I say the board; it makes it sound like it's a big group of people. Um, 
but yeah, picking new managers. It's just a long table with someone sitting at either end of it, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe one. Yeah, I, I nearly said something there. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So obviously, picking new manager is going to be um, a big, big decision. But yeah, what's your what's your thought on the board now? What, what do you what do you think? What do you think's going through their heads? Yeah, well, for me, this is something they have got to get right, isn't it? You know, we we can't as a football club really afford a relegation, and I know that sounds a bit over dramatic, but we've got. A mid mid table budget in this league, so to get relegated would be a disaster. Still, it still would be a disaster if we got relegated this season, and it'd be something we struggled to recover from for a long time because the crowds have already started to dip. A relegation would only make that worse. So there's a lot of, of the you know not long term, but there's a good how our how our next five years ago might depend on this manager and how we get it right. Anyway, so we obviously got the board, and Brian um, was on the internet today and did his sort of Shropshire Star interview, and he was saying about how. The three of them will pick the, the, the team. It's, sorry, the new manager. It'll be Roland, <laughs> James Hughes, and then obviously they will bounce ideas off Brian, is how he described it. I, I imagine Brian will still have a big impact on it. But essentially, when you've only got two people on a board, you know, you don't have who's the, you know, Brian basically becomes your casting vote, doesn't he, in some respects, if they decide that they want different managers. If he has, yeah. Depends, yeah. depends on the power of their votes. Well, yeah, exactly. How many uh, votes each person has. But, I, yeah. I would suggest from everything we've learned about our chairman at certain times, if Roland Witchley fixates on wanting one specific person as the manager, it's probably bugger all Brian and James Hughes are going to be able to do about it. Let's be perfectly honest about it. So it, it, it really boils down to Roland and, and him getting this decision right in some respects. But you'd like to think that Brian and James are going to be, you know, salient voices in these discussions and that they cast the net wide and that they, you know, we'll talk about people that could potentially be later. But for me, you know, there is some question marks also to be raised about how we've ended up in this situation again, struggling down the bottom of League One, and having to look for a new manager, and, and that's maybe a discussion for another day. I don't, I don't know, because a lot happened today, but there's certainly something to, to sort of start thinking about whether we're making the same mistakes, and that, you know, Roland can have as many ro- root and branch reviews as he wants. Essentially, he keeps making the same mistakes. I don't know if that's too harsh, but, you know, we, we can only just look at trying to make things better all the time and end up in the same situation. So this has to work, really. Otherwise, at the end of the season, if we do end up getting relegated, Roland Witchley... And the board and, and Brian, in some respects, will, will become under quite a lot of pressure to explain why this keeps happening because fans are sick of getting ups and downs within two years. Yeah, well, I was just, I was just thinking as you were saying that, um, name me one Shrewsbury Town manager in the last 10 years has gone on to something great and big. No, no, it doesn't happen, does it? No, mm. but you think about, okay, a club that was close to me when I was growing up and you know, are kind of like the um, epitome of kind of like great management in the Midlands is Burton. How many managers have they've chosen? Quite a few good managers that have pushed on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think... The, it's about recruitment, isn't it? Yeah, I say Mickey Mannon had a good season, but and but you think about Turner, you know, all right for a bit, then it's pretty sure. Roland's Roland mate, there wasn't he? That wasn't a hard Simpson, season. Simpson is the worst shooter time manager I've had in my lifetime. Like, the team that he had was un- the team that he had was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Um, so yeah, he was a terrible manager. So yeah, this is a, a real big one, and I think if they um, cock this up, um, it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going to have a big impact on attendances and the club going forward. And um, yeah, it's a really good opportunity now. Thinking positively in ahead to choose a new manager that's going to take the club in the right direction and. Yeah, let's that's, that's, that's be a bit ambitious and, you know, not talking about money, but in terms of performances and mm. coaching players, bringing players in and try and get some good results. And it wouldn't be nice to go to a home game thinking you might win. Well, yeah, exactly. And it, it's, it's not just a manager in terms of their pedigree that we're looking for. We need to really seriously consider um, playing style, um, contacts in the game. You know, there's a lot of things that need to be considered. And obviously we, we can't sit here and say how, how we pick a football manager because it's pretty subjective, isn't it? And, you know, we wouldn't be able to do the research that a football club should be able to do. And I'm hoping that some of the things that, you know, we've left in terms of the scouting and stuff going on should help us to identify the next manager. But it all depends who applies, doesn't it? And, you know, our manager could, our chairman could easily be, you know, wowed by someone who comes in and, you know, they might have the right star sign. Joke. Um, and that might be it. So it, it could be that someone that's a, as a better candidate sort of misses out on the job. And we've been told this before, haven't we? There's always been a rumour gone round that Justin Edinburgh applied for the job and Mickey Mellon applied for it. But because he would have had to have taken Mike Jackson as assistant, um, he didn't want the job. So, you know, before we know, Justin Edinburgh could have been a good manager. You know, I don't know where he is now. He's, he's got a football. I think he's somewhere. I don't know. Maybe he's out of a job. But there we go. We'll have to see how it goes. And we'll never really find out how we end up with this manager. But, um, yeah, it's a big decision. And uh, there's a lot of people's reputations riding on it, if you ask, my, ask me. Yeah, no, no, definitely. It's going to be a big one. So, so yeah, so... Um... 
obviously, um, I don't think there's too much to say. Obviously, we've got um, Danny, the goalkeeping coach, is going to be managing the team on the weekend. He says yep. he, he said he doesn't want the job, didn't he? Yeah, well, we'll talk about new managers and stuff later on. But yeah, Danny's yeah. going to take over for one game. I imagine it will. Well, we got a game on Tuesday next week, haven't we? Yeah, uh, no, just yeah. research. Sorry, Glenn, just going back, just to cover off you saying who is he managing? Justin Edinburgh is the manager of Gillingham. Yeah, there we go. I thought he had a, a job because he was in Newport for a while, wasn't he? And then he lost that job and then yeah, he must end up at Gillingham. So there we go. He's obviously not going to apply. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I'd stay at Gillingham if I was in. So, yeah, so you were saying, so obviously Daniel Cole's in charge. He says he didn't want the job. But I guess about, about being too detrimental or rude, he's just covering the knees. Just hopefully the players are professional. He'll pick a side and hopefully they'll go and try the hearts out and yeah. try and get a result. Yeah, he's got nothing to lose, has he? He might as well just pick an attacking team and just go for it, let's be honest. You know, and if we end up losing two or three nil, he doesn't want the job. You know, it, it matters. Really matter, it matters. It? it matters for the season because we've lost another game. But in reality, I'd rather the fans who were going there, you know, worried worried about what's gonna happen in the future and wanting to see what's gonna happen, just can see that, you know, with the shackles off, I think we just need to release the shackles. I think we just need to not play five at the back. Just play four yeah. at the back. Let's, if the wingers are fit, God, God only knows who's fit and then suspended and all sorts. I know there's all sorts of players coming back from injury. So, to be fair to Danny Coyne, he's probably going to be hamstringing what he wants to do by just, you know, which of the walking wounded get fit on Saturday. So, that, you know, we'll, we'll be talking about the Bradford game and what happens, but he's, 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 you know, he can't lose really. It's just one game probably, maybe two if he's there on Tuesday and yeah. then, then he'll, he'll go back to being a good goalkeeper coach. Yeah, the, well, the club has said there's no time frame, but I would, I would be very disappointed if they haven't been planning for this a little bit even if it's mm. just having a short list and a few contacts here and there but I mean, they should be yeah you'd think they'd be planning for this eventuality um yeah you so, would think so. so you'd hope to get a manager in pretty soon one thing will be interesting though actually um so kind of contradict myself a bit here it'd be interesting to see who danny does pick because obviously he's been watching the players he's obviously got his own opinion so it will be interesting to see what and um, what players he does he does choose mm. Well, yeah, it, we'll, we'll see. We'll see on Saturday. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm, I mean, things. My, I wasn't gonna be going on Saturday because it was my birthday weekend. I said that on the last podcast. But my wife's been uh, very unwell, so we we're not doing what we thought we were doing on Saturday. So I've decided that I'll go to Bradford and take the kids as well with me. So I'll actually be there on Saturday now, Ollie. So I shall be able to report back next Sunday about what's going on. So there we go. Um, yeah. that'll be good. So I think we'll just cover this section off now, Ollie, and then we'll just move on to another section and just talk about potential new managers and the names that are out there and people who've been around recently, the outsiders, and uh, and have a quick chat about that. So we'll move on now, Ali. been easy for Chelsea defensively, has it, from these corners. Some big lads, Shrewsbury Town. The usual suspects wait. Oh, and Grandison was up! So, obviously, Shrewsbury now are looking ahead um, to sign a, a new manager. So, it's going to be interesting to see um, who might apply. And I'm sure um, the rumours on Twitter will be full of um, names um, and that coming through. So, um, yeah, Glenn, do you want to just, kind of just share a few names for those who might not have seen um, whose names have come out of the hat straight away in terms yeah. of potentials? It's all rumours, obviously, but it's interesting still. Yeah, and it's interesting. I had a look at the sort of sky bet early betting and, and some of the managers that have been there in the... Uh, you know, who've been noted to have been at the football club, whether they were scouting or whether they thought it was a sort of chance they could get the job, are sort of up the top and they've got the lowest odds. So, you know, Kenny Jacket is one of the most, one of the biggest favourites to get there, and he's obviously been there recently. Um, Mark Yates was noted to be there as well, and he's in the top ten betting. Um, and then the rest of the sort of top ten, you've got Ian Holloway, Dave Jones, Steve Evans, Steve Cottrell is very near the top. He, I think he might be favourite at the moment. Um, um, and then there's a few others down the list, and you've got. Um, Jim Bentley's on it for some reason. I'm not too sure why, but um, he's doing pretty well, isn't he? You might want to take, take the step up. Um, and then you've got people like Mickey Adams who are always there and thereabouts. And Robbie Fowler seems to always get linked to the Shrewsbury job. Quite why Robbie Fowler always gets linked to the Shrewsbury yeah, job. Yeah, I, don't I know think why. he's busy doing his, his, um, his property empire, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. So, th- so those are the sort of top ones in the betting. And obviously, you know, there's lots of other names out there that we, you know, we, we might consider. So Paul Trollope's just been sat by Cardiff. Probably a little bit too much of a step down from, isn't it? Um, uh, Nigel Atkins, who's didn't do particularly well at his last job, did he? And a lot, of, a lot of the Sheffield fans are not particularly positive about him. There's another name on that list that I didn't like to see, Ollie. Graham Wesley. Oh, God. Yeah, well, there's Graham Wesley, and there's another one which you tried to screw me over with in the last pod. I did say I'm not saying his name. Did he's, you? No, Sorry, he's, no, he was on, he's in the top ten betting for the job, Steve. Uh, okay. Frightening. He's he's already applied for the um, Crawley job. So 
Shrewsbury's a step up from Crawley, isn't it? So yeah, I don't want him. No, don't want him. I think so just then, very quickly, very quickly, and a manager wants someone you can kind of respect and's got a bit yeah. of dignity, and it's not. I don't well, think he's a Shrewsbury kind of guy. No, I don't know. I don't think he's a Ronan Witchley type of guy, so I probably don't think we have to worry about that. But then you've got no. ex-players like um, Dave Hockaday, who obviously did a bit, of, a bit of work at Leeds. I'm not sure whether he's in a job or not, but I've seen him on a few lists. Martin Ling, Paul Hart, Mark Robbins, Neil Redfern. So these are all, you know, a lot of these have not got jobs. Obviously, then you've got Nigel Pearson, potentially on the verge of getting sacked. Yeah. Um, same for Russell Slade, who I'll come back to in a minute. I, I think he's a great manager, Russell Slade, and obviously he's managing Charlton at the moment, and... Everything I've been reading, he's pretty much in the same boat as Mickey Mallon. He might go on Saturday, so there's that. And then you've obviously got loads of loads of outsiders like Ian Sharps, Paul Lambert, Brian McDermott, uh, Paul Hurst at Grimsby, Paul Tisdale, and someone keeps mentioning Dean Cowley from Lincoln, but I think he might just be someone from Lincoln. So there we go. There's <laughs> lots of lots of managers out there. Let's be honest, a lot of managers will apply for this job. Yeah, I, I hope to think that I'd like to think there'll be a lot of um, applications. Um, if you had to kind of, well, let's do it as two ways. So, you, who do you, who would you like? Yeah, so we we're going to do a quick prediction, won't we? Who would I like? Yeah. So this is going to be our predictions of who we would like first, and then we're going to do who we think will get the job. So, I would like, if he got sacked on Saturday, I would like Russell Slade. Um, so, I'm open chart and lose on Saturday because I would hope he, he would apply for the job. I think he's done a good job at a, quite a lot of clubs, and I don't think you can really say what's going on at Charlton's much of his making, to be honest with you, you know. You've explained to your friend that's a Charlton fan and all the problems going on there. I, I, I've always liked him as a manager, and I think if he was available, he's someone I'd like us to be approaching and see if he'd come to Shrewsbury. But um, I know he's a bit south-based, isn't he? Russell Slade tends to work at the sort of southern clubs. So, you know, there we go. That's who I'd like. Yeah, who would I like? So I would like um, Kenny Jacket. Mm, I think yeah. he'd be excellent. Um, I think he'd be a good choice. He's um, been successful um, as a manager. Um, he, I think he did well. You know, Wolves were a really good side um, when we when they went out from League One. Mm. Obviously, a lot of money and all that. But yeah, I, th- I think um, I think he would be kind of my um, my preferred option right now. Yeah, I think uh, Russell Slade's still in a job, so it's a bit silly me saying that. But in terms of the ones that yeah. are not in a job, I would agree with you. Kenny Jackets and someone we mentioned a few weeks back is someone that I think would be perfectly suited to this and, and has worked in the area and has been local. So. There's a lot of lot of things that go for Kenny Jacket, so I I would agree with you on that one. Um, so who do you think will get the job though? That's a slightly different question, isn't it? What, what do you think? And we're gonna have a point oh. for this if you get it right, Ollie, in the competition. <laughs> I, I this is impossible because this is pretty much impossible. If I'm honest, didn't really know much about Mickey Manning when he got the job. For me, mm. he kind of came out of nowhere and got it. Yeah. yeah. So. It could be a you know someone comes out that you know there's a few other you know there's loads of ex players who've done coaching badges like you know wouldn't it be great if like Gary Neville took the job or um... <laughs> but ex Manchester United I can't be doing with that but I but I think I, th- I think maybe being realistic and be interesting to understand how important and how much we can pay as a wage that's gonna be one thing I guess yeah. Definitely. So, who did you say then? Sorry, I got distracted. So, uh, yes, it's okay. So, I said I'd like um, Kenny, Kenny Jacket, but I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for. I I, I don't know. I'm really struggling. (laughs) I'm going to go. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for the guy who I want. I'm going to go for Kenny Jacket. So, you you want Kenny Jacket? You think he'll get the job? Okay, that's good. Yeah, I'm going to go for him. I think Cottrell will get it. I don't know why. I just. A couple of people have texted me who know things going on at the football club and have said it's a possibility, it could happen. And he's obviously one of the more sort of higher profile managers that sort of might apply. So I'm going to go on that on the basis that it's, you know, one of those rumours that you get that's a bit stronger than a sort of general rumour. So we shall see, Ollie. Have you been have you have you been using your um, your scouts and your 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 contacts in meal in meal? Have you been keeping an eye out? Is that what in it the, is? So you... In meal? What the petrol station? In meal brace. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, no, I live in Bellevue, Ollie, I don't mean... Oh, OK, Bellevue. sorry. Yeah, slightly posh in Bellevue, isn't it? So. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm really joking, but, um, Yes, no, I, I, it, that's the thing, I just know, you know, I'm not bigging myself up, but there's, there's people I know who've worked at the football club and I still work there, and there's, you know, this one thing to say about Shrewsbury is whoever's going to be our new manager, I bet we find out at least a day before they actually announce it, because everything leaks out of the football club, whether yeah, it's from it the does. boardroom, whether it's some people who work there, whether it's people who used to work there who know someone who works on the gate, who've seen the managers coming in and out, you know, it's impossible to keep something like this a secret, so I'll bet we find out way before they actually announce yeah. it. Well, talking of um, talking of um, rumours and media, what about um, Ian Whitfield? Do you think he'd do a good job? Oh, Witters, poor old Witters. He's had a hard enough job in the last few months dealing with all the all the nonsense that's been going on in terms of 
being negative to him, he shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't be horrible to witness. He's got a hard job. And he's a friend of ours as well, isn't he? I don't yeah, think he'd I do know. a very good I'm job as a football his leg. He wouldn't do a very good job as a football manager, though. We should give it to Sean, Sean Evans, the manager of the ladies' team. I see he controversially ruled himself out of it very early today. Did he? Like he should, okay. should, have, should have thrown his hat in a bit earlier. He's, he's, he's gone too quick there, if you want my opinion. He obviously doesn't want to take the focus away from, from the ladies' team winning. So, obviously, well, to be professional. To be fair to Sean Evans, his ladies' team have an incredibly higher win percentage than the Shrewsbury Town team have had in the last year. <laughs> so, we might as well stick at that. He's obviously doing something right. So, um, yeah, the only other name the only other name I saw knocked around I forgot to mention was Ian Sharps. But there's been a funny thing on Twitter where um, someone phoned up Radio Shropshire and said that they would recommend Ian Sharps to... Um, manage uh, Shrewsbury Town. This was on Radio Shropshire before and I was listening to it and it was a lady called Gemma from Bashchurch and someone who knows Ian Sharps found out that his wife was called Gemma and she lives in Bashchurch. You know, they, Ian, Sharps, <laughs> Ian Sharps lives in Bashchurch. So someone someone contacted uh, Sharpie on Twitter and said, have you set your wife up to put you forward for the Shrewsbury job? And he just, just came on a minute ago which is what distracted me saying, wasn't my wife, mate. Nothing, nothing to do with me. So he's, <laughs> I think Ian Sharps has ruled himself out of the job as well because it wasn't his wife. So that was quite funny anyway. But there we go. Lots of names out there. Um, we're going to have to see, aren't we? It's going to be quite an exciting. Oh, actually. Breaking, breaking news. Um, the, the Tranmere Twitter account has said Mickey Mellon has tonight been appointed the new Tranmere boss. Good timing. Look at that. We're on, we're on the cutting edge there, Ollie, now. So good deal. Sam, it... I only found that because Sam Morris tweeted it. So thanks to Sam for that. Yeah, cheers, Sam. I wonder if it says if Jackson's gone as well. We'll have to have a look anyway. But um, yeah, I imagine so. But there we go. So it's done. We're all moving on. It's done together. So we yeah, fresh there. chapter. Yeah, yep. fresh chapter. New start. Um, yeah, exciting times. Ahead. Well, hopefully, exciting times ahead. Hopefully, we can win some games. Yeah, hopefully we can win some games. But even if we don't win games in the short term, while we adjust for this period, let's just make it a little bit more entertaining, please, Shrewsbury, just so that we've got something to be positive about. Um, so we're going to be a couple of games before we get the new manager. And then, yeah, it's going to be lots more to talk about, Ollie. We're going to be doing lots more hour-long episodes, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And also, hopefully, the hopefully new manager um, get the fans back as well. Hopefully, the tendencies will go back up again. And uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully, hopefully the let's, let's. I think the fans now have a bit of responsibility to back the new manager, get behind the team, and let's um, turn um, the um, the meadow into a bit of a fortress. That's, that's bang on, Ollie. Yeah, we need to get the crowds back above five thousand. And I think there's, there's there's definitely a role for us to play in that, and and the sports parliament, and all the other the sort of fans message boards and. And and that's you know we we ought to really be a part of and as I say me and you but also the sports department we we ought to, when the new manager is in charge sort of organise a let's get behind the new manager day and try and make it our mission to get six thousand fans there so I'm going to take that take that to some of the sports department guys I mentioned it earlier today and we'll, we'll see if we can get that going because I think it's time to sort of show that the fans can be positive as as well as the negativity that we've had in the last few months which has been right what's just going on we can also get right behind the club and try and get us back going in the right direction so yeah keep stay tuned for that. Yeah, no, definitely. So yeah, so let's um, yeah, let's call this Salab Extra podcast to the call. Yeah, we don't know what to call it really, do we, Ollie? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I like yeah, Salab Extra or something like that. I think it's, a, it's an extra bonus podcast. I hope people are lucky to have um, have our wonderful voices. But no, <laughs> thanks guys for listening. Obviously, that's a joke, by the way. Uh, but yeah, thanks guys for listening. Me and Glenn are quite far away from Shrewsbury, so um, yeah, um, yeah, Europe in the north, I'm in the south. So uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, we'll see you on next Sunday when we record the, the podcast after the Bradford game. So, uh, yeah, see you then, guys. Cheers, guys. Bye. And about 25 seconds after I said it, uh, Steve Cotter ruled himself out of the job. Well, that's what you call good timing.